Cool, well, welcome back to another episode of FinTech Walkabout, not FinTech Insider. Um, deep diving into interesting people's experiences within the realms of open banking and digital finance. Joined today by none other than David Breer. David, it'd be great to get a quick intro from yourself. I'm sure a lot of people watching will know. Already yeah, sure. So um, David Breer, I'm the CEO over at a little company called 11FS. Um, started the company six years and two days ago, which is kind Not of bizarre. counting. Yeah. Huh? I know, oh, well, um, oh, well, I mean, it was only our birthday space. a couple yeah. of days ago, so I'm still counting off the back <laughs> yeah. of that. But, uh, um, we started on the journey to, to help organizations transition from, from the digitized landscape, that analog world that they previously dominated, to mm -hmm. a, a digital one. And um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, over the last six years and three days, then yeah. we've, uh, uh, I think we've built 12 banks around the globe now in Singapore and Hong Kong and nice. the US, uh, Dubai, Saudi, all over the world. So Brilliant. it's uh, been a lot of fun in the, in the way that we've gone about it as well. Definitely. Well, let's start quite high level. Mm -hmm. uh, you started your career, was it Aviva and then Halifax, you were at Lloyds Banking Group and then shifted into kind of consulting. So can you talk us through your journey? What what got to where you, what got you to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, I'm more a victim of accident than um, than, uh, <laughs> than on it. purpose. Yeah. If I'm yeah. honest with you, uh, and a literal accident. If I'm honest with you, like I had no intention of playing uh, any sort of uh, factor in financial services at all. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, you know, three ligaments in my left knee broken later. I know you're kind of yeah. you're catch, <laughs> catching the catching the pins in things kind of ratio up, aren't yeah. you? Um, I had to transition from playing sports to. Uh, having a proper job essentially. So, mm -hmm. but with that said, financial services look like it would be uh, broken for a while. So I could probably help with that. Yeah. Um, and so on this merry journey, I, I sort of began, but, um, but yeah, I'm, you know, my background having worked at a big insurance company, worked at a big bank, um, big Indian offshoring organization, sure. uh, big management consultancy. Yeah. Uh, I kind of feel like I've got a quite a unique perspective on the industry in terms of actually what's wrong and, and actually what's right as well. Sure, how much of that kind of sports mindset or that athletic mindset do you think you've brought through your career? So just, much, yeah. so much. Like if nothing else, just boring everybody at the organization, <laughs> yeah. 11FS going, look, the way that sports think about this yeah, is yeah. like, and, and uh, to the point where I think there's a, there's a gif of that whenever I say it on <laughs> Slack now, where people are just like, yeah, here he goes again. But, uh, but honestly, I think it, it drives you in a different way. Uh, the mentality of sports in terms of you know, people talk about, I honestly don't think people understand performance in business. Yeah. You know, people talk about continuous improvement, mm. but I don't think they really understand what that means. You know, you can't, you can't really be dedicated to continuous improvement if your annual review cycle is, is literally every 12 months. You yeah. know, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I think sports are really good at knowing it's body and mind. Yeah. Uh, you've got to kind of have that. And it's pretty bespoke as well, right? Definitely. I mean, there's, there's this, um, Ben Horowitz of A16Z talks about training quite a lot, mm. especially in, throughout his career, IPOing multiple businesses. And yeah. His, he attributes that to just training yeah. individuals. And well, he was a big American football guy. You yeah. know, he knows it's the, the sort of the inches that make the yards in that sense in yeah. terms of actually being successful. So, you know, how do you get people to... In, you know, in that in that view, take on the strategic aim of winning the championship, yeah. but in the, the the short view of well, winning this it's quarter. The next game, yeah, exactly. Always the next game. Well, Liverpool on for the quadruple, so I'm pretty happy. Wow, I'm uh, a Norwich fan, so let's not talk about football. Right? <laughs> um, so into 11FS, then you've gone through management consultancy and banking and insurance. Um, tell us about the beginning of that. How did you meet the co-founders? What was um, I heard somewhere, I can't remember where it was, that digital banking is only 1% finished. So. <laughs> Repeatedly everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that a notion that 
helped you establish or is that something that you think has kind of been born out of your work? Do you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I stood up in our town hall actually at 11FS yesterday and sort of talked through how we named the company because yeah. we, uh, we, I, I sort of bumped into this, uh, this document of like, how do we name the 11FS, 11FS and all of these things. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm not bore you with that story, but, uh, I but hear actually it. in terms of the, <laughs> uh, the, the, what did we set out to achieve? We're pretty much on track for what we decided in a 17 day period of what we wanted to achieve in that sense. Yeah. The last one was be grown ups, but we're working on it. You know, everything else in terms of you know trying to establish a, a global brand, trying to do really impactful work, mm. uh, trying to create a an organisation that people love to be at. Uh, we're kind of on track for delivering against those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, in terms of the origin story, I mean, I was working at Gartner, management consultant there, running their global digital banking capability, and. Um, uh, I still remember the phone call to my, I mean, I rang my mum, I rang my wife and was like, work really hard to get this, but I think there's something else I should do. You yeah, know, and, yeah. and, and it was quite an awkward period of time yeah, um, because you sort of, you work towards something and then deviate dramatically from that direction, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, quit and uh, spent six months on my own trying to figure out what the, what the angle should be. Um, what is that opportunity? Where do we go? What do I need to really sort of put in place okay. those things? So it wasn't something that was kind of evolving alongside your work at the time. It was very much like a, I think there's something else to this. I'm going to go and take a step back and evaluate. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's hard to do that when <clears throat> you want to be so brand led. Sure. Um, it's really difficult to, you know, I think Gartner would have been like, you seem to be up to something like yeah. what's going on here okay. and so actually being able to run those things in parallel i know a lot of you know startups can do that if yeah. you're more product focused in that sense but for me it was more about 11fs isn't really about what we do it's about what we believe and actually to the point around one percent finished that's a that's a belief system in terms of actually how we set those things up which makes it really easy for us to create momentum and community and everything around that because you either believe what we believe and you align mm. to that or you don't and you don't like us and that's cool like that yeah that's sure. a great way of establishing well, you know yeah. magnetic sense po you know? polarizing means you're probably doing something well you, we get some pull but we get some push too you yeah, know so yeah, I bet. um so in that sense it's it's good for that but yeah i mean after a couple of months having spoke to jason when he was at mondo at the time and <laughs> simon at barclays and ross at mapper and the, the different guys in the mix yeah it was well what pieces do we really need to put in place to you know, 11FS isn't really just one company, it's a group of companies. Yeah. So, you know, Ross had his remit and what we needed him to do, Jason and Simon did as well, and, and I did, and yeah, off on our merry way we went. <laughs> so back to, um, yeah, we'll get into open banking more specifically in a second, but kind of on the, on the surface, back to the 1%, we've seen this massive transi transition, especially over the course of the last kind of 18 months, two years. Uh, I think it was... RFI or MasterCard came out with some research showing that it's like 70% of the UK is now engaging digitally with their finances or digital banking. Do you think the pandemic's kind of shifted us beyond that 1% or are we still there? Um, I think we're still at 1%. You okay. know, and actually, How long do you think we'll be at 1%? Uh, <laughs> I want to stand up and say, like categorically, it's not a quantifiable, uh, we haven't sure. done uh, yeah. you know, statistically significant analysis <laughs> yeah, 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 of the yeah. industry. Um, it's more of a mindset. Like actually, mm. I think the opportunities ahead of us, not behind us. Okay. And actually, if you look at what digital banking has become, it's actually sort of dumbing down what it should be. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I think there are huge amounts of potential that are there for you know things like the infrastructure place, like 
you know, something like open banking brings us to do more things. Yeah. But banking, you know, digital banking isn't banking, it's self-service. And I don't really think people want self-service. I think actually with all of the, you know, the algorithms and the technology that we've got in place today, we can do way more than just, well, you know, here's your balance, here's your screen, here's your sure. statement. Yeah. Um, we need to move beyond that in terms of everything that's really successful in a digital world is doing something for them because they're better at doing it than they are. So it's much more about the, the kind of consumer experience around the product rather than the product itself. Yeah, I mean, the, the democratization that we need to see is, is not in, you know, access to like pie charts and stuff. It's no. like, it's the democratization of access to services that make you better off. Sure. And, and for me, that's where I think we'll see, you know, the emergence of much more interesting financial services at that stage, which is, it's the private banker in your pocket. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's the 12 people, Swiss bankers that would be managing your finances if you're a billionaire. Yeah. Well, actually, how do okay. algorithms and systems Everyone. do that? Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's right up our alley, obviously, at that, trying to help people actually. I mean, we talked a few times, right? Yeah, I, know that, yeah. I know this is your, uh, your, your thing. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think there's any, has there been anything that's just surprised you over the course of the, la over the, course of the pandemic, over lockdowns? Is there anything that you're like, oh, shit, I did not see that coming? Um, I mean, it's funny. I think the, the thing that surprises me most is still that the big banks are surprised. Uh, and actually, yeah, what's sure. what's interesting is almost the, you know, the emperor's new clothes situation that many of them were in where they were like, oh, Jesus, like, you know, having scratched the surface of this this process or this system. Yeah. It's like, there's like 20 dudes in a back office doing this, you know, like, so that's not a digital system. You know, like, so much of what the investment has gone through in big banking organizations is still very much veneers on that, that level of change. Mm -hmm. um, and we've seen this as in other industries. I think some of those sacred cows need to be let, let go of. Uh, and actually some of the business models need to be let go of to, to really move forward and really embrace digital in the way that it is. Um, but I guess the, on a positive, the thing that I've really seen is people have kind of realized that the, the inhibitor for change, you know, people were always like, it's like, well, we can't do that for technology or like I've heard big banks say, well, we don't have the budget for that. Like they're literally spending hundreds of millions of pounds. Like you have the budget for these things. Yeah. Uh, or it's the, like say it's the regulator, it's technology, whatever. But I think they've realized in this period that the real inhibitor was them. You know, mm. what stopped them doing stuff? It's taken a global pandemic for them to, to be able to do remote working. Shine the light on. Exactly. Yeah. What more can you do with that momentum? I see. I think that's, that's probably true for, for most businesses, right? Not just digital global banks themselves, I think even for us as what? a small company, it was like, we can still grow a business when, you know, everything's hit the fan. Yeah. And, and to, to work our way through that and, and to have the kind of regulatory mandates that were coming in almost at the same time, we're still mm. waiting on things like VRP. But for us, it was, okay, what is it? What, again, I think it was centered around like, what's the actual core value we're delivering here? Not is it fun to like come together and build cool shit and, yeah. and get out and about and talk to people? Instead, it was, at the end of the day, what is a consumer, whether that's an individual mm. or an SME or whatever, what are they getting out of this? Yeah. Well, I, I guess um, maybe just standing back from not just the pandemic, but mm. like over the last six years, yeah. I, I'd say like the thing that's most surprising to me in that is the importance of regulation. Because yeah. actually, you know, why, are we, why are we even sitting here now? Like why has FinTech been so successful? It's not because it's like cool and hip and there's loads of money in it. It's because regulation has created an environment where not only can startup organizations come into an industry that's been protected for 300 years, yeah. but that actually that's forcing the big organizations to finally actually do something. Um, and that, 
you know, that ecosystem and not just a startup ecosystem, but much broader than that into big corporates, you know, the Bank of England, the, you know, the FCA, the PRA, yeah. the, like all HMRC of that. using open banking tools. To, exactly, yeah. you know, and all of that has created the opportunity for all of our organizations to exist and, and prosper. So specifically for 11FS, kind of how has this progression been reflected in, in what you're working on? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, definitely the, I mean, the opportunities that have been created for us, um, you know, very much have been created through regulatory opportunity or, I mean, even back to, you know, the, the, the competition mandate that was created post-pandemic, yeah. uh, post-pandemic, post-financial uh, yeah, crisis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so used to just focusing <laughs> on um, coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, it was Brexit for like a couple of years now, it's coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. um, God, but, what's next? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but actually with that, with that momentum actually bred real opportunity. I mean, the, the things that happen here in the UK, you know, with open banking, with uh, new licenses, you know, we've built, you know, banks in Hong Kong like Mox with Standard Chartered. Yep. And that was because of virtual banking licenses being created. Uh, you know, the, the, the changing regulations with SAMA and, and Saudi is why we were able to build a bank out there. Um, and increasingly, we're, you know, we were doing more and more work with the regulators to, to help them stay ahead of the game or set the agenda globally as well. Have you seen kind of, you know, you've, you've done work with, as you said, banks across the world. You've helped banks set up, you've helped banks pivot or maneuver, let's say, a regulation. Um, have you seen any specific trends or values that kind of align throughout the ones who've done well? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Every organization like yours, ours, like NatWest, Barclays or whatever, um, it's just people. Like, yeah. It really is just people. Like there's lots of people and there's like a big brand, but that's what makes things successful or not. Um, you know, they either get in the way of progress and, and stop it happening. And that's where we were, I think, with a lot of organizations sort of post-financial crisis mm. was, you know, there was more people stopping stuff happening than making things happen. Um, and I think the, the thing that I've kind of seen that has driven most of the success in those organizations, if I'm honest with you, is humility. Mm. Um, it goes back to the mindset thing. At the definitely, yeah. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, Bill, uh, the CEO of Standard Chartered, incredibly humble dude, like actually has seen the industry change in various different ways, doesn't think he knows everything about everything, knows he needs to kind of learn and, and, and shape. Same with Alison Rose, actually, at NatWest. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, when she came into that role, actually the, the level of this is a new world, this is world is changing, I, need, I know there are a bunch of things that I don't know, and actually there are things that will equip me to, to do that from her experience in the previous world. Sure. Um, but I, also, I really do think it's that humility of, uh, you know, again, if digital banking is only 1% finished, that's a mindset. It's not a, it's not a mantra in that sense. It's a, how do we realize that unless we continue to learn, we will stop evolving. Sure. And, you know, you touched on NatWest. Are we allowed to comment on Bo? Is that something that we can talk about? Yeah. Is, but is, but, I, but I think a, it's, I mean, it's the, uh, it's the same sort of example, though, because it's, it's like um, Metal, which we did yeah. with Allison, and Bow, which was you know a retail operation on the other side of it, it, it wasn't that. Bow was a good idea. Yeah. If you look at what Chase are doing today, you know, let's Mark, go build a bank. Yeah, Mark yeah. and the guys over in in Bow had that idea, and it was the right strategy. Um, but ideas are easy. It's all about execution. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you know, what fintech I think has shown big banks is like twenty people who can actually get shit done 
get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, if you, you can stack it with a thousand people who can't, and all you do is spend a lot of money. Sure, yeah. I think that's why, I think whenever anyone asks me, um, got to give big credit to, to TSB, who kind of looked at a team like ours, a small team, 15 yeah. people, and said, we think you've, you're on to something here, go and, and run with it, which has been great. Yeah. Uh, but you talked about execution. What is it more specifically from an open banking perspective or, or more widely, what do you think it, what's the thing that banks have struggled with the most? Is it just this, you know, we've got this mandatory thing that's mm. been placed on us and is there an element of like, oh, well, you know, that, why have we been forced to do this? Yeah. And has that slowed them down or is it a technical thing? Or, What's the big challenge? I mean, I'd say every regulatory change pre-PSD2 and, and open banking has been like trying to get a teenager to do homework. You know sure. what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like begrudgingly because I have to, because, you know, the loss of the regulator coming down on me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Um, and actually many organizations kind of went into that sense with that exact same mentality. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it was a risk and legal thing. It wasn't a... Where's the opportunity? It was, you know, it was all stick. Like there was no carrot in that sense. Um, and I think, you know, organizations like TSB now are looking at the carrot. Yeah, yeah, the carrot. What's the opportunity here? Because, you know, if we do start seeing, you know, organizations being able to do amazing things in that space with that data, like why are we not doing that? Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, so I think I think it comes to almost a, you know. Uh, business models don't change until there's a fear of loss. Mm. Um, I think we're at that point now where people are really seeing what other people can do when they embrace these things rather than fear these things. Um, but also I think it comes back to, again, my point on people, just people. Like, I honestly think UK banking particularly is, has actually had a pretty good run of hiring very good people. And now we've got people in senior positions at, at banks who... I actually know what they're talking about now. They do have a little bit more technology experience. They do have a little bit more aspiration about what can be there. Sure. And they're at the beginning of their terms, not at the end of them. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than a CEO at the it's end of their term, you know? On their way out, just like... Yeah. But if you look at all of the organizations in the UK particularly, we've seen quite dramatic movement and people are looking for growth uh, in that sense in terms of... Chasing you know, the carrot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're looking at legacy, not like a, a debt, but something that they want to look back in four or five years and go, you know, I took this bank from here to here. Yeah. Um, and that's super exciting. For sure. I think that then there's the, the question of the carrot is commercialization, basically, mm -hmm. right? How do we drive some tangible value for the organization, which usually manifests itself in, in revenue and cash? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the other way to look at that, though, and I think, um, yes, but... Banks make crazy amounts of money already, right? Mm. You know, actually, you could do nothing on the revenue side of things and just fundamentally change how the cost structuring of an organization works, like a, a HSBC or a, or a NatWest. And you could make that like one of the most profitable organizations on the planet. Sure. Um, and that's where digital, I think, is is actually getting a, an interesting sort of pivot in terms of what it means to those organizations. Because, you know, digital at the beginning of when I was at Lloyd's Banking Group, you know, and digital wasn't a thing, yeah. and like mobile banking didn't exist. Like I, I know I'm a, I like I scraped that millennial thing just, but like only just, you know. No um, comment. Yeah. But but the the business model for digital transformation was like how do you take people and paper out of the process? It was all about reducing cost. Yeah. Um, it had the moment where it was all experiential, but I think in all of the CEOs of all of the banks around the world don't worry about like a 
you know, a button and a widget and whether we can freeze a card or not. Sure. They, they worry about actually fundamentally how do I half the operating cost of the business mm. and you know, triple the times of speed that we can take things to market. Because okay. that's, I think, where the differentiation is with FinTech right now is they can do it cheaper, they can do it better, they can do it quicker, and the banks are going to get left behind in that sense. Sure. So do, could, could you feed us any kind of specific use cases or examples that, that you've been through with 11FS? Yeah, uh, do you mean in terms of open banking specifically, or do you mean more broadly? Ideally open banking, as this is an open banking focused thing. Yeah. But, you know, if there's something that you really want to ban the drum on, then... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think from, a, from an operational perspective, the, the thing that we sort of see in that sense is, I mean, it's like, again, why can organizations like yours and your team at the size that it's at do what you guys can do, mm. but like 400 people in the bank can't do that? Um, you know, we're spending a lot of time, if I'm honest with you, just like, holding a mirror up to people and going like this is why you know yeah, like yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually you know I, I kind of say this a lot which is it's it's not really what you do it's the way that you do it and actually so much focus in the way in which the big banks operate is it's a big transformation and it's yeah. a budget for a year and 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 it's like they're trying to de-risk and increase certainty in an outcome that they don't really have control over um, because the market is now complex and chaotic there are people doing ever expanding things, you know, people in the market delivering capability technology, um, the thing that they have to optimize for is speed of change. Sure. Uh, and that's where I think we've sort of seen the, the shift really is like, people are not kind of now ringing up and going, we need to do something with open banking, or we need to do something with AI, or like, what's blockchain? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, actually, what we need to be doing is figuring out how we it really embody digital as an operating model. And then it manifests itself in really good propositions using all of those things uh, that benefit the customer. Fair enough. So what's, you know, if, you, if you're walking in the front door of a financial institution, or sitting down with the CEO and, and helping them kind of map out their open banking strategy, what do you think the biggest challenge for you has been? Or either you individually having that conversation or you as a business, what, what's the kind of big pushback? Is it that, again, that mindset piece or is it... Yeah, I mean, people look at um, people look at every all the new things. They look at the same frame of mind that they've looked at the past. Yeah. So it's like, okay, within my how I make money, within my how many credit cards do we distribute, within my how many savings accounts do I open? Yeah. How does this help me do that? Um, and I think that's the challenge, really, is getting them from this isn't doing something with open banking. Open banking is the the facilitator, but it's not the the product in yeah. that sense okay um and you know just simple examples around like well building out something that can allow people to do uh you know better um affordability checks for mortgages that make it a an immediate thing rather than something where you you're making people make up some arbitrary numbers that they know they're not true and you can put whatever you want in the boxes yeah. like open banking <laughs> facilitates such a a big step in that sense and actually can reduce really significant friction in a uh, you know, really the one of the archaic biggest profitable journey. areas of, of yeah. banking, right? Yeah, which is still such an archaic kind of process. Yeah, right? tell me about it. I went through it recently and it was like, how much paper did I need? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was not necessary. Mm -hmm. And so many, an, you know, analog processes. It was, it was crazy. So what's been the kind of most influential factor in terms of how you've approached, let's say someone who's, uh, who's stuck in a certain mindset? What do you think? kind of shaped your approach to, to dealing with those kinds of people? Yeah, I mean, I, um, it's funny. Uh, I mean, it, I say it's funny. Sometimes it's not funny when you're in the middle of it, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's um, 
it, you sort of, having been a banker, you know, for six years and having been at an insurance company, I've got a lot of empathy for how hard it is. You know, when I was at a big bank, I spent 99% of my time sort of trying to convince people to do the right thing. Sure. Um, which means you don't have a lot of time to actually do it. Um, and actually, I think, again, if you look at where the organizations have been, they're coming out of their shell a little bit more. But it's always carrot or stick, right? You know, do you do, you do things because there's opportunity? There are organizations that are in that mindset. You know, Alison Rose's whole thing is like, we disrupt ourselves before somebody else does it. Yeah. There are other organizations that have to have fear. Um, and the first thing, I mean, the first 15 minutes in any room that we have with a CEO or a board is like, where are you on that? Like, do you need the carrot or do you need the stick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. So what is it that then, um, as we get towards our end here, uh, what gets you so excited about the space? What, what would you say are the, are the big, you know, a couple of things that you're just like, this thing is the next big thing. This is how, you know, a financial institution uses open banking to revolutionize this experience or deliver value. What, what are those kind of couple of things? Yeah, I think, it, I think it comes back to the, it comes back to like, why did all this happen in the first place, mm. really, if I'm honest. And, and actually, I think, the, I think the UK scene's going through an interesting sort of like tough, teenage growth spurt at this point, you know, and actually all the changes that we're seeing around the, the regulatory bodies that uh, govern what's happening with open banking, what the roadmap is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it's an interesting time for that because, mm. you know, we have been the, the leader of the world in that sense. You know, you mentioned things like the, uh, the, the variable recurring payments and everything that will happen around that. That could be a game changer for the types of capability that can actually be yeah, created yeah. for consumers. Right up our alley. But to be honest, <laughs> it's, it's still scratching the surface on what we could do, right? Um, I think what we've got to make sure is the pressure isn't released. Um, and actually, the, the opportunity, you know, that mandate, that competition mandate that was, was formed and created, um, you know, we've got to keep that pressure up, you know? Mm. And I, and I think that the market the the market that that creates the opportunities that that creates to serve customers in a better way um, that's where I think all you know all of the great stuff we're seeing today came from that but if we just let it dissipate all of that momentum if the Bank of England if the FCA if the PRA if the government don't really you know bang out that second album that's like a, sure. a classic yeah. then we're going to be in a real difficult place okay as long as there's I think Whenever I have these kinds of conversations, I try and caveat that with a little bit of room for, you know, a little bit of wiggle room for the likes of us to come in and just be a little bit, you know, push the boundaries somewhat. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of a... Well, look, I think they're really, everybody's really receptive. The great, the great thing I, th I think about the UK scene is, um, is the, uh, everybody who is somebody in that sense is very open to, to feedback and collaboration. Yeah. You know, and actually, if you look at the things that happened in the pandemic in terms of companies coming together to try and solve these problems, this is, a, this is an ecosystem. It's not one company dominating everything. Sure. Um, but I do think so much of this happens because uh, the regulator creates the space for those things to grow. Um, and while there's so much potential, um, things only happen if they can. Uh, and I think we, need, we do need a little bit more, um, I think... Um, strategic guidance shall we say in that sense to to really allow the 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 flourishing of the already good work that's been done sure um but it would be really easy for us to to lose that momentum as well like other geos that we operate in uh you know the the singapore's the the saudis the, the uh, yeah i mean they yeah. are they are doing some really interesting things and building you know literal infrastructure that actually has the potential to really establish a really interesting ecosystem yeah. i mean you look at south america 
known as Africa, right? Yeah. You've got these huge continents of, can we jump a few steps and launch straight from digital first and off we go. Definitely. Um, well, and, and the opportunity, I know, you know, DIT and different people are doing lots of different things to ensure that actually there is, you know, bridges that are created and, you know, establishment of standards that aren't just within our borders. Um, but I think there's more and more we can do on that. And if we really want to, you know, our, our whole, you know, vision for 11FS is about changing the fabric of financial services. We yeah. really think we're at that, that tipping point where the community as a whole can change the world for people. Um, but the only way we do that is if it's not just, you know, UK is great, but it's a tiny little island, right? Sure, There's a yeah. lot of people in a lot of places and, you know, you <laughs> need that, that, those bridges to really make those things happen. Definitely. You talked, so kind of on that note, and earlier you talked about open banking being an enabler and not the end, the end product. Um, do you think it matters whether or not an individual knows what open banking is? No, I really don't. I, I, I think... Um, I think the less people know about financial services, probably, uh, I mean, we already know from a financial terms perspective, they know so little, um, but do they care? It's like, um, you know, they don't understand how a combustion engine works either, but like, You're driving. you know, exactly. Yeah. So I kind of feel like we need to be in a situation where the, the thing it does is more important than mm. the way it does it in that sense when it's a, con you know, the end consumer. Um, I think for the organizations though, I mean, how, many, how few, it, it's, and you must bump into this all the time, and actually, you know, again, going back to Alison Rose, it was one of the things that when I met her was uh, literally the first time I, I met her was the most impressive thing mm. was like I asked her executive team to put their hand up who'd actually read PSD2 end to end. She was the only person who put her hand up. Um, yeah. And actually, I think there are people who look for opportunities. There are people who, you know, try and stick their head in the, the sand. Uh, and that, again, comes back to people. You know, the, yeah. that will be the differentiator in terms of who's successful or not. Um, to who has the best people. Yeah. Um, last one, basically. Would you label open banking success or failure if you had to choose right now? Um, I would say it was succeeding. Mm. I don't think it is succeeded. A bit of a cop out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I would say it, was a, it is a success, but I don't think it will be in, in the success in the eyes of, well, how many people are using open banking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It is definitely fundamentally changed the UK ecosystem and the global ecosystem in terms of actually what it does. Sure. Uh, and actually people's mindsets in terms of what the art of the possible actually is. Yep. Um, it's that pressure in the industry to be better. Um, and I don't think because of that, I don't think it's done. You know, the- Just get I, and started, I know, surely. Well- yeah. uh, <laughs> 1% finish. I'd well, say. I mean, I, I think with open banking, it's not even that much, you no. know? Like actually, I, I think in terms of where the potential for it could be, and therefore the impact that it could have on end consumers and those organizations, you know, we're, we're scratching the surface of the surface of the surface at that stage. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'd say it has been a success, but there is a hell of a long journey to go. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree. I think everyone, everyone we've had on so far has basically said the same thing. Um, but it's great to see that people are behind it and driving it as mm. opposed to, mm, well, I think it's a failure because not enough people have used it and blah, blah, blah. Um, so but, it, but it's interesting though, because most, I mean, if you look at like making tax digital or something like that, it's like, yeah, you need to make customers aware of that or, you know, normal people walking around the street aware of those things. Mm. Open banking isn't like that. Do you know what I mean? And it never will be. It is always going to be a, what it does, not how it does it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's almost, almost the, I think, um, you know, the media industry, the, the journalists sort of folly trying to. Uh, you know, unpick some of the good work that, that has happened because they're, 
they're sort of picking holes in an argument that actually for anybody who knows what they're talking about doesn't really make any sense. Um, so no, I think we're, we're on the road to success, um, but it's a, it's a long ass road. So on the road to success, what comes next for 11FS? Um, for us, um, I mean, we've been super lucky. I mean, we obviously we started not long, not far from here. Yeah. Um, but most of the work that we've been doing has been far-flung places. You know, um, for us, really, first six years have been about exactly as I sort of said. There's no way I could have done Eleven FS in parallel with with anything else because it's about building the brand. Uh, and actually, from our perspective, we're pretty well known now. We've built things in most geos. Um, but we're going to have to put offices down in, you know, Dubai and Singapore and uh, probably Canada yeah. uh, to to really capitalise on that opportunity. Cool. Um, and try and you know keep having a lot of fun while we're doing it. Brilliant. Well, David, it's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you so much. No worries. Um, is there anything you want to plug? People, where can people find you? That sort of thing. Before we... Nah, we're good. Just search Eleven FS on me. You'll, you'll, <laughs> like we're everywhere at this stage. Yeah. You'll find us somewhere. Yeah. So this has been FinTech Walkabout, David. Thank you again not FinTech Insider, uh, come and join us again next time. Thank you. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you so much no for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah.